Chernobyl, Score Pal, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. This is Staying In. It's that time of year again. What time of year? What, summer? Yeah. Well, it happens around summer. Oh my god, I, th- I think I think I think Pete's blooming again. Yep. <laughs> Do you think Pete's in bloom? <laughs> I've just recently been the longest day of the year. I know, yeah, you know what he's like. He stands outside. It's like the summer solstice, but yeah. with Pete. And his long flowing robes. Don't worry, officer, I'm blooming. Uh so So it's that time of the year again. Summer. Yeah. Summer. And uh we all know what that means for a for a nerd hobby related podcast discussion mm. around this sort of period of time of year may june time you know yeah. you can always tell the topic that i'm going to get onto of course go on and that is mm. my washing machine has broken down again again well when did it break down the first time well it happens pretty much it's like the circle of life you really misunderstood that song <laughs> well i i I, it is always, it is always, washing machine breaks down, Taco gets a poorly tummy, uh, and then, like, uh, sometimes the tap starts dripping, and then it goes to uh, the dishwasher messes up. But this time, what? I've I've got it, Pete. Yeah. Is, do you, it, is it by any chance, does Taco's food look remarkably similar to detergent? <laughs> <laughs> oh, his, his food is, it's weird. Pellets are weird. Pellets are really weird, actually. They're like, you sniff them and you think, why would you, why would you be interested in this? Well, I, I have no interest. Like, you know, when you like look at like, I don't know, you see like monkeys in a zoo and you're like, yeah, I'd eat that. But like, okay, no, 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 different species. Pete. Oh, hang on, are you looking at the monkeys and thinking I'll eat that monkey, or are you looking at the food the monkeys eating? <laughs> Like the fact Dan went to, yeah, I'd eat one of those monkeys, yeah, rhino, yeah, put it on my just plate. Picture Pete just turning to a member of the public, so you know, yeah, I'd eat that. Yeah. Dan, did you get? Did you really get completely the wrong end of the stick with those PG Tips commercials? <laughs> um, what do they put in this tea? <laughs> um, but so the serious point is that my washing machine is broken. Serious, yes, okay. very serious. So what's, what's the fault of it? Well, it it broke, and it it is now. And I know this is a real roller coaster ride for everybody. It is now fixed, and the because uh, the and the way we fixed it is we got rid of the old one and we bought a new one. Mm. Um, but um, we the the when they came to do it, uh, they they put the pipe in, and that was all good they, for the water to go out. And then they didn't yeah. do that quite right. Um, oh no! And it all went wrong, right? No. So the carpet flooded, and like all this other stuff. And I won't name the company, but um, you know, let's just what does say it rhyme with? They let's just say it rhymes with with. Well, okay, as I say, won't say the the company name, but it rhymes with Murray's. Um, and <laughs> so so like so they came and and obviously botched it. And um, so then and then I had to get them back in, and then and then they did the job, and then it, and it all worked out well in mm. the end. Yeah. And the thing I want to talk about with okay. you all, and I feel like this is a safe space, but there is a thing where when people with, you know, actual jobs come into your house Careful. to do the job, like, right, for example, okay, yeah. fit some plumbing or yeah. like, I don't know, 
what, uh, lay down some carpet or whatever it is that that people do. Unscrew the jars on your pickles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When, when my when my jarman comes in every Thursday, um, I always feel. I always, I'd never quite know what to do with myself, right? Because I'm not, I'm not handy at all, right? I know, like, there's a lot to be said about, we've talked before about, like, top half jobs. I don't even have the top half of the toolbox with which to do top half jobs, right? Mm. Mm. And, and, like, these jobs are, like, top half and, and down, some of this stuff. And I always find myself standing there watching the people do the job like but but because, but I never quite know what to do with myself. I'm like, shall I just go away and just like leave the room and let them do it? In which case it's like that feels a bit rude. Uh like it's just like, oh, like you wouldn't invite I wouldn't like Dan, I wouldn't invite you around for example and then just leave the room. <laughs> just like, you know, I wouldn't be like, Dan, come on yeah, over. But d- those two those two types of people aren't synonymous. Yeah, no, I know. Dan's your friend and one of them's a person you've hired to come yeah, and fix something yeah, for they're, you. They're, we know, we know, not, we know he's going to be our guest on the next episode. Yeah, they're, they're, their, advert, their advert isn't John Plumman will fix washing machines and loves a good chat. <laughs> like, Half an hour later, John comes out the shower yeah, in yeah. Pete's dressing gown. He's, the person you get in is yeah. there to do a job. Yeah, and, uh, and to be course. honest, I think they would love it. I think they go home and they go just like, I was doing this job in Bristol today and he just stood there. Joan, Joan, he just stood there. I didn't know what to do. He just, he wouldn't leave me alone. I just wanted to get on with my job. I love the idea of like this guy kind of putting the the kind of the washing machine, and then Pete just kind of standing behind it with a cup of tea, just slowly slurping it, going, "That's it, you uh, you plug that in, That's it. <laughs> you 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 twist those twist those screws." Right, Pete. My my Pete. My golden rule is this, and my golden rule is this, Pete. If if they, if it's a, a job that's going to take a little bit of time, I'll offer a cup of tea. Offer yeah. them a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes without saying. Yeah, that's that's and unless they're like, fixing your tap. Yeah, exactly. Then I'll leave them to it. Mm. So you leave that's them to it. it. You don't like. Yeah, yeah. Stand yeah. around and like try no. and make small talk with them. I say and... no. I say to them, if you need me, I'm just here, just doing some work or whatever. But just yeah, leave mm. them to it. Ah, you see, I always feel like I always feel like I change as a person whenever people who come in and who have you know proper jobs. Like I always okay. feel like I. So first of all, the level of swearing goes up. Always, I always swear more. Like I'm always like ah, flipping heck. <laughs> Hang on, so hang on a minute. So when when like a plumber or someone comes round, you dial up the swearing. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Are you trying to impress them? Well, I don't know. That's the thing. It, I, these this is all stuff that I um. Because surely you would dial down the swearing because you're being polite and you're you're kind of you you don't know this person. Yeah, but I kind of the thing is that I learned all of this sort of stuff from my father, and he always would would like he would always. I mean, he's, he's, he's a bit rough around the edges as it is, but he would always then, like, lower it one step more as if to be like... Like, he would go a little bit more like, oh, you're all right, mate. Like, mate, it's all mate. Everyone's mate. And then... Well, yeah, that, that's not swearing. That's not kind of just turning the air blue. I would say, all right, mate, yeah, come on in. Take a look at my dishwasher. But it's just more of that comes in. And then I start using words that I would never use in real life. Like, I'll start saying things like, oh, it's not even flush up against the wall. Like, I would, like I, you know, I would, I would, I would normally say that doesn't look like it's up against the wall properly, or something like that. But every single time, I'll be like, "Ah, oh, all right, mate, it's not flush." Why'd you put the accent on? 
for for from someone who's done a lot of work to a lot of houses, there are just some jobs that do not take an hour to a couple of hours to do. Right. So what would you do if you had someone coming in who was like replastering a wall? Like a job that can take six, seven hours that, or like I, redoing your electrics. You're that, just going to stand there and yeah. like, like you've got no option but, but this, to leave them in your house. Yeah, this is home. getting wallpapered accidentally yeah. into the <laughs> wall. This is, why, this is why I wanted to have this conversation because I, legit, I haven't had to deal with that situation yet and I'm terrified. Like Pete, would you be comfortable um, backing in a lorry? Like if someone was reversing a lorry and uh, say, can you stand and just... No, yeah. no, I would run away. Okay. You just start swearing at them. <laughs> Flipping neck. Oh, the, these alleyways are too small. I tell you what, these streets these days are getting small. I can't flip and believe oh, it. Oh, I okay. thought you. Sorry, I, want, I thought you wanted the lorry flush up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the thing, but the thing is, Pete, is there is there is a value to watching someone because it's the way you learn, mm. and um, it. it and if in like your position something goes wrong, um, then you are able to have some input of like I was watching him or them or her and they didn't do X Y Z like sure. I saw it. Yeah. So there is a value. There is a value to it. And um, you know, I've fitted in my washing machine and we didn't do it right, and it's leaked three times. And now that's my fault. <laughs> so, so I think weighing up whether what you do is slightly creepy or weird to actually being responsible when things really break. You're you're perpetually in that limbo, aren't you, Pete? Between the betwixt and between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, it? it is funny, isn't it? Like you're only ever you're only ever a cuddle away between <laughs> creepy. And taking responsibility. How do you do the the? I think the vital question, pithy. the vital question in all these situations, it all boils down to exactly the same moment. It doesn't matter if someone has been in your house doing work for one hour or four days. It always comes down to the bit where the job is done and you've got to hand over money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then it's always just like, so oh, do we? Do we say? Did we say forty pounds? I'm just Did gonna I'm just gonna say how I say it and how I do it. And okay. So email. No. Email. No. <laughs> hold up the, the iPad in front of him. <laughs> Whilst he's still in the room, he sends the email. Beep, beep. Oh. Whatever whatever price has been quoted, mm. I will have got the cash beforehand, and I will also have got an appropriately sized envelope. And put oh, the cash no. into the envelope <laughs> like and sealed it drug deal. and handed it over. And you sealed it. You sealed it. <laughs> yeah, you I always it down. Down. like a <laughs> wax seal. <laughs> PW. <laughs> do, do you get your footman to give it to him? Or? <laughs> On all those trays, you lift the lid. <laughs> do you just see him out, close the door, and just slide it under the door to him? Pete, has there been any kind of major leap forward for you? And I, maybe I'm overstating with the word leap. Because you had your little project. Yeah, exactly, you? which is hanging the yeah. picture, which looks good. I can see it behind you. But in terms of now, has your the defining parameters of a project, has that yeah. kind of Yeah, what, what would be the next great thing? Like if I gave you a, a house or a flat and there was one room in it where nothing had been done, 
like what would you consider would be like a, a really interesting project that you'd like to get your teeth into it can be any room kitchen bathroom lounge any project at all any project what like, you define a project yeah and like something that you think yeah i could do that you know they how like painter and decorators do like get in and then get out where they do yeah, they the, don't just stay in the room. They, no, no, but they do like the, the they do like the I'm tidy. painting myself into a corner, just standing in the middle. Wait for of the it room. to dry. Like, yeah. You know how like they do. You know how like they do the tidying at the end. Yeah, yeah. I reckon I could do that. I reckon you I'd be really good at up that. After I reckon someone else. I, look, it's part of the chain. All right, I could do like that. Curling with the brooms. Yeah. What What do you use to get rid of paint, Pete? I just put it in a bin and take it out. You know, but but if some paint got on some like floorboards or whatever, what are you gonna oh, use I'd, to? I'd, I'd use a mobile phone. What, just to rub ch- it to chip away at <laughs> it. Oh my god! What do you use to clean your paintbrushes? Uh, <laughs> uh, this little ramekin after I've put the uh, little um, the little Eldari uh, <laughs> gemstones on. <laughs> Pete's yeah. been painting the wall for two weeks. <laughs> Just a tiny brush. <laughs> Michelangelo, but it's entirely magnolia. I know. I know that you wanted walls beige, but I've got corn red. <laughs> we have had a question from a listener. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realise Tip like had become win- an it's automaton. Like Windows text to voices really like I'm sorry, but Peter's being replaced. Hover over menu, drop down. Uh what is love? What is love? Have you ever actually listened to the like I, I accidentally at work I accidentally put the Mac uh audio vi- like visual to audio speech thing. Yes. So basically well, like when you mouse over something for you know, for people with um, poor eyesight, for example, they'll have a uh, thing that just says, like, you are mousing over this. And it is terrifying. Mousing. Yeah, mousing. You mouse over something? Mouse over? Um, and to mouse. It's a verb. Um, <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, to mouse over. Mouse over this thing. In fact, I think mouse over is one word. Anyway, listen. Um, the And the Apple thing is really scary once you've turned it on. Cause I have no idea how to turn it off again. I just turn the computer off. Um, uh, <laughs> um, don't turn me off. Uh, we have had a l- question from a listener, and the listener is at Good. TW Percival One. Uh, now, mm, long-term okay. listeners mm. will remember uh, that this, <laughs> that this is Percival uh, from yes. uh, from episode one and two, um, who uh, has provided this question. Always a good question okay, provider, good. and now providing questions remotely um and before i ask their their question i will tell you that if you would like to send us a question uh you can tweet us at staying in pod you can do the same on facebook and you can email us on staying in pod at gmail.com you can find all this information out at staying in podcast.com our fancy url that we bought um and so percival asks go on why, when people remake a film, is it a remake? But if you remake a song, it's a cover. Is it always a cover when someone redoes a song? Yeah, always. Yeah, it's not a re- I've, I've rebooted that um, <laughs> Justin Bieber, sorry. Yeah. 
Well, you, you listen to our rendition of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah. I tell yeah, you yeah what, that is you, a remix. It's very difficult to tell them apart. Yeah. Say you've got a bike. Yeah. Right? Mm. And imagine this bike is in Pete's project room right. in his house, right? Just wallpaper to the wall. Completely <laughs> empty, except for one person who's painted himself into a corner and a hole in the wall. Just ringing the bell for help. Yeah. So this bike is represents the original song. Yeah. There it is. There's that bike. If you then put a cover over that bike, yeah, you'd still know it's a bike from the shape of the cover, but now it's a completely different thing. Hence, cover. But if you were to remake the bike, it wouldn't be a bike anymore, but it would be constituted of all the parts that made that bike. So there we go. That's legitimately why it's called a cover. And um, I will now accept my spot on Dictionary Corner. Susie Dent, watch out. (laughs) It's so very rare that you would have a film that is completely the same as the original. Um, The only one I can think of is the remake of Psycho by Gus Van Sant, which was a shot-for-shot remake of of the original. Any other time, then chances are the dialogue does change somewhat. Obviously, the shots are changing, the actors yeah. are changing, the people involved. Chances are the music is changing, or at least it's it's being uh, reimagined. Um, and so I think there is enough changing. Whereas if you think of a cover, if you think of say like a boy band who covers an old an old song, they're singing the same tune, they're singing the same words. It's just a different people singing it, and so that's it it sits a lot closer to the original material than with films where it tends to be that an awful lot of it changes when you, you it's very difficult to compare them side by side other than the story or particular character beats and stuff like that what's your favorite remake or what what film would you remake oh oh that's a better one okay let's go with that one do i have to do it or can I? Can oh my I? God, we've got to hire a man in to do. He's going to tidy up once they finish filming. Can I hire somebody else to do it? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. All right. Ima- imagine you've got Uber on your phone, but it's not. It's for filmmaking, right. and you can just hire a filmmaker. Ooh, my to director's make... five minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my DOP's been delayed. Um, the I would say, I would say, I would like to do a remake of. Yeah. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Ooh. Because... That does deserve a remake. It does deserve would a remake. would it be a reboot this far in advance? Yeah, possibly a reboot. Is that all right? <laughs> it depends. I don't think we've really nailed down the etymology of remake Well, I'll do a cover. remake of that. Reboot remake of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Because I reckon, honestly, there's so much, like, gold there. Right? Okay, well, you've got to cast it now. Um, well, actually, I actually had a dream about this last night. Um, it would, it would be <laughs> what about the casting process of, of Peter Willington's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I had a dream that there was, um, that there was a, a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie that was coming out, and it had uh, Chris Pratt as the dad. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, because like everyone loves a Pratt. You know, everyone loves a Pratt. Um, and um, and then I woke up because I was too excited. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my god! <laughs> I mean, 
But what what would you do to make um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids relevant mm. to the twenty nineteen well, like audience? I don't know, like make it a bit more referential to just like modern stuff. So like the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids stuff was like, oh, we've been shrunk down, and now we're in this cereal, so we're covered in Cheerios, and like Cheerios yeah, is like yeah, an eighties yeah. thing, right? Like. And there was a lot of that. But now they'd be like, oh, no, we're stuck in avocado. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no. With the, with, the, with the avocado pit like the boulder in Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and I imagine they'd be like, I imagine they'd be like trying to use a smartphone like all jumping up and down on a, on an app at the same time to try and select it yeah all jumping up and down like trying to like hit seven jump across the keyboard two. yeah 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 it yeah. writes That'd itself does it yeah <laughs> it better do because otherwise i gotta write it i mean we need at least a third scene so far we've right. got they get shrunk by pratt dad yeah and then they they're at breakfast and they get chased by the avocado yep. pip yep. and they're like, oh, how do we get out of this? That's at jump- least 30 minutes. Go that's on. at least 30 minutes. Because, Dan, you've got to have something in for the dads that they'll get. And they yeah. can tell their kids, oh, that's a reference from a film when I was young. Yeah. And the kids um, can go, shut up. <laughs> you're, not, yeah. you're not my Chris Pratt. <laughs> uh, I'm going home to mum now. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so then, and then they've got the mobile phone. The mobile phone. Which is where they're trying to get help. And they're like, oh, help us. But you can't. Yeah. But then we need some sort of satisfying third scene. Uh, I think third scene to yeah, really, if we third were, and final scene, the <laughs> final scene of the movie is um, they, oh, they. But how do they get back? How do they, like they've got to try and like un unshrink themselves, or really, what should happen is they make they stay small, but they make their lives as influencers. In this new, yes. you, you you know what they they track down the person who makes really tiny food on YouTube. Yeah, yeah you should and, and they um and they just take up residence in their tiny house and eat their tiny versions of yeah. lasagna. And they become like and become and become the world's tiniest food critics, minuscule influencers. Like, oh man, that's great. Do you remember Honey I Blew at the Baby? What did the- he? Is no, that the like the, that was, the R-rated version? That was the, that was the third film where <laughs> his baby, his toddler, gets blown up to the size of Godzilla. Okay, who's that? Yeah, I remember that. Have you seen Baby's Day Out? No, I haven't seen that. Okay, genuinely a good movie. Really? Yeah, mm. surprisingly so. Add um, it to the list. Add it. To- <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Alex and I are currently having a competition. Well, she doesn't know it's a competition uh, to uh, to <laughs> to read like Terry Pratchett stuff. Um, so because okay. I'd never really yeah. read the Discord thing. What's your personal best, Pete? Sorry, what? Personal best. Personal best. Yeah. I'm now on to three. So I've done I've done equal. I'm up to and finished equal rights, which, by the way, I think is where the series gets good because those first two. Oh. They're not. Good. I'd start. I three. I was three quarters of the way through the first one, it's... and I find. And it was my same. And I'm also rereading Good Omens at the moment because I just finished watching the the TV series. I'm halfway through that. And I think it's my general problem 
with both uh, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman is how they, as a writing mechanic, they rely a lot on surprising the reader. So there'll be like huge chunks of text of them describing something. And as a reader, you have no idea what's going on. And then it will just finish for paragraph. And they've been talking about like flower arranging or something like that. Right, or sure. there's like that bit in the first Discworld novel where like the, the two protagonists fall through a portal. And then it's just like they end up in this strange metallic place where there's these, there's these creatures with red lips and verdant hair serving um, serving pools of gold and liquid to the grundled people sitting upon right and you just realize oh they're in an airplane and they've landed in our dimension it's just like it's all that kind of like whimsical humor yeah. that kind of almost like leading you down a garden path type of um literacy so i i, I kind of have a but it's kind of like that strange thing because like when the punchline does hit i go huh that's really clever like yeah. but i don't really in, i never really enjoy the journey of getting there it goes off at lots of tangents doesn't it yeah but in in a lot of neil gaiman and especially in terry pratchett's writing you can definitely understand why they garner such a massive following because the satisfaction of being able to bring all those threads together um is um must be exceptionally rewarding and especially when you know Discworld being the place that it is yeah if you're able to get some sort of ownership on that through through his reading and and it and it rewards rereading in that case then you start to understand the world a lot better and and as a reader it's a bit more of a fulfilling thing so is that what you do you think the third novel is actually better or do you just think you got more of an ear now for Terry's voice of maybe understand the world a bit better. Yeah, I kind of feel like that first that first one, uh, like Fantastic, is very is very like oh my god, I've I've got a novel, I can publish a novel, I'm going to be published, I'm going to have my novel published, I'm going to try and do everything I possibly can and show as much of Discworld as I can, and then like it did really well. And then, like, by the second one, he's like, I might not get another chance to do this. And he does tons of stuff. And then by the third one, he's like, I've got this. And then tells a much smaller version. Like, doesn't... He still explores Discworld, but in a much smaller way. Like, it almost as if... Almost as if he feels like... I just get the feeling that he's, like, relaxing more by this point. And he's like, what do I actually care about when I write? And, he, you know, Equal Rights is, is, is a really cool... Um, you know, fun story about plucky individuals who who subvert expectations, and that's kind of, as far as I can tell, that is kind of his mo. And um, and I kind of feel like it is just a better. I just feel it is a bit better written, but also it kind of feels like he's not he's not so trying to cram everything into a single book it's more like i'm going to tell a smaller story here because this is just this is one person's journey and we're going to explore where does magic come from in some capacity so when so when you're making this into a, a competition mm. what do you listen at like 1.5 speed <laughs> or um, it's more like she's reading she's reading the books on kindle and i'm trying to read the audiobooks um okay and uh so yeah it's um it's fun and it's 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 like we're trying to well, she doesn't know it, but uh, we're um, we're kind of yeah 
reading along so that we can be like, oh, we got to the end of this one. What did you think of that? It was really good. Um, so, Peter, but- are these the ones, uh, sorry, are these the ones written by, read by Tony Robinson? Or, he won't know. He won't know who that is. Well, the, or I can't remember because I used to, that, I've never read Pratchett. I've only ever listened to the Tony Robinson reading the books, but I can't remember if those were abridged or not. Um, do you know? Black- <laughs> oh no! I've been reading the shorter ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. Um, so like um, Tony Robinson, he was Baldrick in Blackadder. Um, it's not. It's not. I could show you a picture, but that's still not going to. No, help. it's not. It's not the Blackadder man. It's the man from uh, the Young Ones. Oh, Aid Edmondson. Uh, no, Rick it's, Mayo. It's the hippie, Neil Plant. Yeah, Neil Plant. Yeah, is that Neil his name? Plant. Neil Planter. Neil Planter. Nigel Plant. I think. Nigel so. Planner. Nigel Planter. Nigel Planner. There we go. <laughs> uh, got there in the end, but I, 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 I'm with you in that sense of of like having a bit of healthy competition with your mm. chosen life partner. Mm. Like at the moment, it is all. I'm about because I found this this wonderful app. Oh my gosh, it's incredible! Called ScorePal, ScorePal, and on it mm. you can. It's a board game score tracker. Mm-hmm. Put in your board games and like it has a massive database that links up with Board Game Geek, so it gives you like the picture and gives you like the proper sort of information of like how many players it is, how long's the play time, and then you click on it. You put in your players, so like say it's me and Chris playing or whatever, and then you play, so it tracks how long you're playing for, and then it tracks the score when you're going in. And and I think I've always had it, like wanting to be able to like delve deep and like have a bit more information in like what I do in the games I play. So since I downloaded the app... Um, what's your win rate, sir? What's my win rate, I'm going to tell you, is my current win rate out of... The 31 games I've played over the last 14 and a half hours is 41.94%. Mine is 33.33%. Wow, there so. we go. So officially the best. <laughs> um, and it's just like, especially because for a long time I've had a, a, a Google Keep um, board in the app, which is sort of listed high scores of games that I've been playing like Doppelzer, Clever and Quantum and Quicks and Lost Cities just as a way of like introducing a bit of friendly competition and also I feel I feel like it also adds a little sort of sense of reward mm. so if me and if Lisa and I are playing Doppelzer Clever and she gets a score I'm like huh that's like your best score of the week or you just beat in the high score and it kind of gives you a little bit of that impetus to carry on playing or at least this way I can log like like last night we we were sitting down and watching TV and I was like looking at the apps like you know you haven't won um, a game of Dop out so clever for the last three wins like I'm on a winning streak she was like right okay gets out the dice gets out the board and we play I like the fact that you're um, just chilling out on your sofa enjoying the TV and then you can be saying by the way I'm better than you just so yeah. you know that's nice. Yeah. Bit of healthy mm. competition. But but it's just that I know that that's like a that's thing. It's married life, isn't it? It's married life. Yeah. And um, I think anything that adds a bit of spice um, mm. to a bit of competition or, if anything, provides a little legacy to the games I've been playing and um, 
the sort of experience that I've been having. Like me and Lisa have played in the last 10 days, like we've played Dop Out So Clever like 13 times. And it's just really nice to have a little bit of a legacy of that. I've always admired, if you've ever seen the series, um, Are You Dave Gorman? Dave Gorman meets another guy called Dave Gorman who lives in Portsmouth or um, Brighton or something. Right. And every year that he's been with his wife, he goes home every lunchtime and him and his wife play a game of Scrabble. And for the last 30 or 40 years or something like that, he's kept like this massive ledger of when they've played and the score and and who won. And I think since I saw that about 15, 16 years ago, I've I've harboured a desire to to have that with someone or at least a group of friends, just a joint place where we can look back and go, you know, remember that time that you got 260 on Dop Out So Clever? And now I'm sort of saying it out loud. <laughs> it sounds really... No, cool. Um, Super cool. But then like, but I guess it's the same thing as, you know, um, you know, looking at football stats yeah. or looking at, you know, any sort anything that can be quantified in that kind of way. It's... ScorePal is wonderful in being able to give you a bit more of a vocabulary to talk around your board games with. So it's not just like, I won or I lost. It's like, you won for the first time in three weeks or last time you got this score and now you got this score. Like, yeah. you're getting better at something. Or oh, I didn't realise I played this game the most. I honestly thought yeah. that it was, yeah, this was just something I hadn't played that often. And, and it's lovely. And like, the app is free, um, but I've bought the two updates that you can get to it because it does like scores breakdowns like if you really want to go in it's incredible and we're talking about a couple of quid for each update roughly aren't we yeah so you can do like i can search for like the stats of like chris and the games that we play together but stop out is one i've got so we've been i've played it for like six hours this game nearly and i can tell you like the highest score the average winning score the lowest winning score like and it divides it all from like two players to four players and shows me like the length of time that we've and it's just a lovely little thing to dip into and, and to build a narrative around certain games as well. But what, what's quite interesting because Sam mentions that yeah there is the quantitative aspect, but there's also a facility within it if you want to to kind of capture the narrative say of what your experience was. Like we played Arkham Horror today, oh. and for example, like we didn't win that particular campaign, but obviously there's so many different. Arkham Horror campaigns you can play that you can't just say, well, we played a game of Arkham Horror. Mm. So you can speci- you can specify in it, you know, you can give each game you play a title, like for example. So I just put the the mission title there and you can make little notes, little pointers say to remind you, okay, you know, we lost today, but if we wanted to go back and do it yeah. again, we could leave ourselves little notes for, for the future. Yeah, for example, we play V Commandos as well. And that's not something that we could score, but it enables me to like log, this is when we played it, because we, what what do we open up? Do we play, when we played Arkham Horror, it's like, when was the last time we played this game? And yeah. neither of us could remember, but we played uh, V Commandos. And in it, I log the time we play it, when we play it. And we were able to like put a comment in, which was like, we played the mission Black Tea. It featured the characters St. Jean, who was the French uh, medic, St. John, apt. Nice. Uh, we played the English scout called Jack. You're welcome. And the um, the Russian a sniper called Amber Glow, 
and we were able to note like all players died with Amber sacrificing herself to destroy in all the objectives. In a blaze of glory. In a blaze of glory. And it, it's just lovely to have a place where we I can keep all that kind of um, uh, knowledge. You reminded me, actually. I've also got an app called Dalio, D-A-Y-L-I-O. And I've, for oh, the yeah. last 275 days, every day... It, it sends me a reminder at eight o'clock in the evening, say, how was your day? And I say whether it was good, whether it was rad, whether it was meh, or it was rubbish. How's your day been today, and Chris? And I've got little categories. Oh, it's been great. It's been rad, I would say. It's my second day of leave. And um, I put like, um, I can put things on what I did that day and little brief notes. Yeah. But it's useful for me because I get quite bad migraines occasionally. And I know, Pete, you, you're one that's also had migraines in the past. Yeah. But... I keep a record of when I get these migraines, so I can actually look when in the year I tend to get the most migraines, so I can try and find some kind of causal link for it. So that, that's that been very interesting. And it's a bit like the, the whole board game thing with ScorePal is that I, you start to discover things that you wouldn't necessarily realise because you're not able to take that step back and look at the whole landscape of it. So for like, And it gives me, because I've paid for the premium version, which again is like a couple of quid, it, it actually gives me a, a weekly report in terms of the, the stuff, the activities I did the most last week, I can say, oh, well, I didn't exercise much last week, but I did the week before. Maybe I should do some more this week, say, for mm. example. Oh, I, I've put that I didn't have a good meal last week. You know, you can create all these different categories and stuff, whatever you want, customise it and things. But it, it's a way of spotting bad habits, mm. but also moments that um, of uh, moments about yourself and, and things about yourself, sorry, that you wouldn't necessarily know if you didn't have that ability to take a step back and look at it. So it's great, these kind of things, I think. And that's Dalio, D-A-Y-L-I-O. I, I've got an app. It's called Charity Miles. Oh. Another great example. Another smooth transition. I know how much you like a good segue, Pete. I love them. I try so hard on this one to not do this. We don't need, we don't need that segue, but... We could we could touch on but this. You've done it now. Uh, so you've done it now. You've right done it now. So so this is um, a wonderful thing that we've been doing since January, start of the year, where it's an app that we um, have uh, joined onto, and many of our listeners have joined onto as well. Where basically we exercise for charity, whether that be walking, running, or cycling, and the distance you travel um, is equated into pence or dollars, sorry, and that goes towards a charity of your choice in this app. So we've got a target, haven't we, Daniel, for all of us and our listeners, our team, which is hashtag staying in pod. And what is that target? Tar uh, target for our entire team was $1,000, which, which I felt was quite a, quite a significant target to hit, I think. That's a lot of money. So where are we at now, Dan? Give us the update. Currently, uh, at the time of recording, we're comes. just approaching the end of June. And currently, we have earned, drumroll, no, we don't have one of those. Okay. Pete asked. Yeah, Just go. Yeah. We have raised one thousand and eighty-seven pounds and eighty-five cents. We're only That's halfway crazy. through the really? year. Really? Brilliant, right? Seventy-five cents. Right. Deleting the app. Everyone, stop. No, Everyone no, no, stop. no, 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 no! Don't it. stop. No more exercise. No, 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 no. We've done it. We've done it. We're chilling out. No more running. No more running. I can go back to my landline. Yeah. No. So yeah, That's we've, crazy, we've, Dan. we've uh, we're not even halfway through the year and we're already past our target so brilliant so how many people have you got in our squad now down our team because it's not just us doing it it's not it's not just us uh so we have uh all together i think we've got 26 people who have submitted some times mm, we do actually have someone new 
this mm-hmm. month. Um, uh, friend of the show, or well, friend of some of us on the show. Uh, <laughs> 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 from uh, uh, a fellow board gaming podcast known as We're Not Wizards, uh, Richard Simpson. I think it's him. Oh, it's the same name. Oh, I'm assuming it is. Got me. Richard Simpson. So he's he's started logging sometimes oh. as well. Um, so welcome to the party. It's uh, sweaty in here. Hope you uh, wipe your feet before you come in. Um, uh, have fun. Uh, I think we should set a new target. I think, and I think we're halfway through the year. We've hit a thousand. It only makes sense that we should set ourselves a new right. target of two thousand dollars by the end of wow. the year. Two thousand dollar dues. Wow. Why don't we go three thousand? Oh, Sam, what is happening? Because because currently my calculations predict we won't reach three thousand at the end of the year. Oh, I'll, I'll have to give up work. We're gonna need. If I do if, but two and a half. If we're gonna do this, we're gonna need so much help. Like. Well, yeah. So two and a half. So, but that's the thing. Like, two's easy. We're gonna do it. It's not even halfway through the year. Put a lot of pressure on Richard now. So, know. so two is like yeah, gonna get done. So there's no motivation. Oh, two and a half. We know we we know we're gonna have to work harder. Yeah. To get two and a half. Like, okay. Done. Two, I mean, two two and a half thousand Whoa. does require us to pick up the pace. Okay. Exactly. Well, tell your friends, everybody, because because <laughs> because Pete's been doing less and less. And thanks again, Pete, for that extra seventy five pence that got us over there. <laughs> but the I, I, I think it's worth worth noting. I think we do have summers because I keep track of every person who submits times. I'm keeping track of it. Um. And I, there are some people who just do some big numbers. Yeah. Uh, Chris, for example, you you tend to just log big runs that you do, which is great. There are other people who don't do those big runs, but they do little runs, like repeatedly every day. They catch up or walks and runs and stuff like that. And you can still amass a huge amount. I think the, I think the second or third in the leaderboard, they're putting in some big numbers just by constantly turning it on for every little walk. I kind of I keep forgetting to put it on and I always get annoyed at myself so I'm kind of like oh I've just walked this way for nothing <laughs> um, I've earned no money that I could have been I've earning. made myself um, healthier for nothing oh damn it so yeah so it's not a case of if it, I don't want people to think that oh I'm not going to do that because I don't go running I don't go walking it's not about doing you can only do it if you run 10 miles run 15 miles cycle 40 miles it's not that if you just if it's half a mile to the station that you go to work in the mm-hmm. morning that's half a mile added onto thing you do that there and back you've you've raised a mile that day and that's 25 cents and that's just from not changing anything in your day that's just turning on the app when you go and i think that's that earns just as much money as other mm-hmm. people so um but equally to uh andy barton chris matthew gasson and nicholas yeah don't feel as if also you can stop doing those incredible no. distances oh god because, please you know, don't really... stop for goodness sake Jeez, because um, yeah, um, it's incredible. Um, but Dan is absolutely right. Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were laying bricks every hour. And did, did they? Hold on, let's <laughs> dig into this. Did they even have a concept of hours back in Roman times? Yes. Did they? Yeah. When did they work out hours? How old do you think the sundial is? Or, or the track the sun. I mean, the time as a concept has been around, in, you know, since Greek mythology and Chronos. Yeah, no, the time period. as a concept. But I wonder whether or not hour has been. Well, yeah, possibly. Hmm. 
I mean, Pete, you're taking well, us down an odd they, rabbit they, hole. They definitely have months you've, of the you've year. You've made quite a sharp turn here. Hours. Pete, they definitely have months of the year. History. Wikipedia. Okay, Pete's now googling hours history. The history of hours. Yeah, so they they had to have months of the year. So that means they had to have worked out days, which means they had to have worked out hours. Yes. Hold on. Well, no, actually, they didn't have to work out hours. They just knew that the sun went down and the sun went up at a certain point, which is a day, which makes a month. So, but so what Pete's right. asking is whether it was broken down in like. Yeah, how did they, they keep appointments? This is three o'clock. You were meant to be laying bricks at two thirty. Oh, Claudius, you've been only laying six hundred a day. Yeah, no, they definitely had it. Uh, right, brilliant. So well, it was the. Eight- I mean, I mean, but none of the context or information of what actually happened. <laughs> Just, Just like, binary. Yep. Yep. They definitely had it. Brilliant. What a history lesson. It was created in the ancient Near East, uh, in the fourth Near East. probably. Probably between the fourth and maybe third century BC. I mean, for the creation of hours, it's not very time specific. But carry on. <laughs> well, it's not down to the hour, is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It was created at two thirty on a Thursday. Okay. Is is another question? What what? F- what film can't be remade? Under no circumstances should it never, ever be remade. The Godfather. You could do it. Of course you could do it. Oh. There's no film that you can't, but should you? No, because you've got one of the greatest performances ever made that can't be replicated. There is a movie. There is a movie that you couldn't remake. Is it your trampolining video? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, is a, there is a movie that you can't remake. Moonwalker. I mean, you are right, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like you, you couldn't. Yeah. Why couldn't you? Wait. Because well, because <laughs> <laughs> because because the man who did all the singing is is dead. Technology now can replicate people who have died. Uh, yeah, but there's but there's certain ethical oh. di- there's a certain ethical dilemma in terms of remaking a film where he literally turns into a predator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you remember in the is it what's it called that that famous like music festival Coachella or something it's called Coachella Coachella where they always close it with like a really big like show-stopping act and mm. there was one where they brought back like a hot they brought back Tupac as a hologram yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially uh. with Snoop Dogg well they've done that with Prince as well I think so I guess you could do that I guess you could do that couldn't you yeah but still there's the ethical yeah. like maybe you shouldn't maybe you shouldn't maybe you just let, let... Moonraker no <laughs> Moonraker <laughs> that's the worst Bond film ever Moonwalker <laughs> Can you, imagine, can you imagine that? Like, I bet, I bet in the eighties, like there was a, there were multiple instances of blockbusters where people wanted to rate, rent the latest James Bond movie. They, they took it home and they put it in. They were like, "Hell is this? <laughs> who's this? Who's this fella singing about about smooth criminals?" It's just turned into a car. Where's Roger Moore? <laughs> it's not even an Aston Martin. I want my money back. <laughs> no, I've not rewound it. 
I've, I've seen a very upbeat television series recently. Oh. Well, when you think of upbeat things, what do you think of, Dan? What's your what, what's upbeat? What's you know smiling, smiling, happy, happy uh, yeah, kind of jumping around, boisterous, kind of levity. I mean, Dan does watch exclusively children's TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a lot of happy stuff. Toby was just an alibi for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking about Chernobyl. Uh, which is a HBO miniseries, uh, which... Uh, that wasn't where I thought you were going no, with that, I'm not no. going to lie. Which dropped, was it, oh gosh, a few weeks ago now, time of recording. Oh yeah, months ago. And as usual, I'm late to the party. Sam's already watched the whole thing. I have. And he's also recommended me the podcast that accompanies this from the from the creators of the show. I wish more shows did this. I really mm. love that. I love being able to watch an episode and then put on the podcast related to that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like an asynchronous uh, director's commentary. And it's brilliant. Like, uh, it's, as the title suggests, it's about the appalling um, incident that happened back in 1986. An incident that actually I really didn't know much about, apart from the fact that something bad happened and the fallout from that, that was... was a, meant, that it was a thing. Yeah, and, and, and generally anecdotal stuff from my parents and things, because it was... We were all born in... Well, actually, me and you people were born in 85. Sam and Dan, you were born in 86. So we were born around that time, which it happened. Mm-hmm. So we were too young to know what was happening at that point. And it's an eight-episode miniseries. That... Only five episodes, Chris. Oh, five. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Oh. Where'd you get eight from? I don't know. I just eight? Really... Eight? No, eight. Uh, it's... <laughs> it's a, it's a five-episode series. I plucked episodes from I know, I just really wanted that to happen. Um, where basically you start with the explosion and it's about the fallout from that. But I'll tell you the thing. Literally. Yeah, literally. The thing about it that is the big hook for me is that it is essentially in these first two episodes I've seen it, it's the Emperor's New Clothes, and it's just the Disney movie. In this, it, the Disney movie. No, the old, the old <laughs> fable. You know, the Emperor's New Clothes. You, you're talking about the Emperor's New Groove. The Emperor's New oh. Groove. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. different. Yeah. Very different. Uh, when the reactor exploded and all the llamas came out. <laughs> a phenomenal film, but yeah. Have a trial for iodine pill, then alarmist. <laughs> um, so, so, um, so, what? It's the emperor's new clothes, essentially, where it's it's essentially people in power n- refusing to disbelieve the obvious. Mm-hmm. So, in the very first episode, I won't spoil things too much. And obviously, you know the events happened, but I mean, in terms of just the, how the Soviet government dealt with it right. or didn't deal with it, let's say. Is where people say that no, the reactor core can't be exposed. It's not possible yeah. um, because I have power and I refuse to believe that. So you are going to stand at the top of that and look down and tell me if you can see this exposed reactor core. And people saying, okay, because you're an authority, even though I know that this will kill me. And it's about people, the incredulity of people unable when faced with ocular truth in right in front of them refusing to budge to save face hmm. because I don't want to um, admit that I'm naked I would rather just everyone around me believing that I'm fully clothed right and it, it and those moments manifest when you're watching it with other people where I will turn to my partner and I just I can't believe this happened mm-hmm. and then you'll listen to the podcast mm-hmm. and it, the interview is like did that really happen and the creator's like yes it did we have the transcript of this here and obviously they've taken some artistic license in places and they talk about that. But the most astonishing thing is the amount of what happened that really did happen. And it is a lot of just people faffing around, refusing to believe um, that this is happening 
because authorities told them that it can't happen. There's no way that reactor could explode. No way at all. They do such a good job at conveying to you what this seemingly intangible thing is. Yeah. Radiation burning, poison. Uh, they do such a brilliant job at that. And it is almost like a horror film. It's this infection because you can pass on this kind of radiation to somebody else. Um, and the podcast he was talking about a story of a person who carried a worker out. I think a fireman carried a worker out and he had his hand rested on his back. And when he put him down, he had this handprint burn on his back. Oh, my God. It, it is absolutely astonishing. It is like the world's most gripping and terrifying series of reaction videos where you're just watching people going, this is this is beyond credulity. This has never, ever happened in human history. Mm. And doubly compounded by the fact that we've got a government here that refuses to accept that two plus two equals four. They're saying it's five. Right, right. And everyone is just going along with that fact. Yeah. And it is utterly gripping helped by the fact that it's got an incredible cast and they've done their homework they've gone to such painstaking detail to recreate every single yeah, yeah. location mm. it's uh, it's utterly fascinating there's a reason why this seems to be and i'm sure that bubble will burst why it is currently one of the highest rated if not the highest rating tv show at the moment out there it is phenomenal it, it and i'm only two episodes in and it may dip i don't know sam if you want to add anything there but it's just it's gripping and horrifying in equal measure. Mm. And my partner's finding it quite tricky because um, she's from Slovakia, which used to be under Soviet mm-hmm. control. And I asked her to ask her parents about what they remember that time, and, and they weren't told anything at all. And they're, they're, they're in the pa- they were in the path of that cloud that was making its way across Europe, and they were not told a thing mm. whatsoever about it. And my parents were talking about the fact that for a while in Wales, they, you, the farmers couldn't sell lamb because the way the cloud and the way it made its way across Europe and the winds and things, it just severely irradiated that part of the world. Um, in Sweden, um, Stellan Skarsgård talks about, who's an actor in it, who talks about people just couldn't pick mushrooms or yeah. eat um, reindeer for years because it just had such a dramatic effect. The fact that the Soviets tried to keep this quiet it's just phenomenal it's extraordinary it is extraordinary but it's utterly gripping Mm. and i don't know whether it's because it just happens to be a damn good story or it's just something because it just happened it has that tangibility of recent history Mm. the series itself is just makes a lot of very very good choices and does a lot of things that are very commendable like no actor is told to speak with a Russian accent they all speak in their own accents which is great because you just have like Cockneys and Brummies all and Americans just wandering around doing their own thing which I think is great from an actor's point of view because they don't have to hide behind an accent or they don't have to their character isn't their accent accent their characters just can just be you know who well who they there's, want it to there's be. also a lot of othering that happens to Russian folk i think and like russian sounding folk there's a lot of like oh that's a different people yes i mean it is one of the best tv series that i've ever watched but it will sit in that lovely enclave in which um films like schindler's list sits Ah, and other films which are like all the happy classics the the best things I've seen on screen, but I am not at any point rushing back to go and watch soldiers kill hundreds of thousands of dogs in abandoned villages um, as, as, as sort of like a um, as, as a piece of in, in, of enjoyment. Like it is incredible, and I think it's it will mark 
it will mark a period of TV that starts now to explore those those kind of like historical moments in in this way. I don't think it's a surprise that Chernobyl is coming out now. Like yeah, particularly in the prism of um, fake news. Yeah, and post truth. Right. Like I think I think that there's I think that you know TV people like HBO and and all these other TV you know content providers they can read the room. Yeah, and they knew that Game of Thrones wasn't that great, so <laughs> So this is this is what they'll love. Oh, yeah, oh, get rid of all the beheading shows. Right, here we go. Here's one about some lad who's... There's, Are you sure there wasn't a dragon in the reactor, Craig? <laughs> Could we put a dragon in? Um, that's why Godzilla was made. Atomic bomb testing. But one thing that nearly took me out of it, Sam, was the fact that in the first two episodes, you had the dad from Friday Night Dinner. Oh, Paul Ritter. Yeah, yeah, he's great. It's also got the grandpa from um, from from what was that one with the fifty pence piece? Where she oh the it? Queen's the nose. Queen's nose. Yeah, it's got the grandpa from the Queen's. <laughs> he nose. He was also in Game of Thrones, that bloke. <laughs> he was, yeah. yeah. Glittering cast and Jared Harris, who I'd watch oh, in everything. Brilliant. He's the best Moriarty. Yeah. And yeah. Stellan Skarsgård and Emily. Come on. It's not Mortimer. Go on. It's Emily Watson. It's not Emma Watson, obviously, but it's um, oh, here we go. Uh, forgetting the woman's name. Call yourself a feminist. Classic. Yeah, you didn't forget the men's no. name, did you? No. Bloody hell. No, because... <laughs> Emily Watson. I was right. Emily ha! Watson. Well done. Do you want to record that again? So we... No. Okay. It's important that <laughs> everyone knows the time you took into finding that. Oh. No, because I was right. It's because I always get confused because it's Emma Watson and Emily Watson, and I always think, well, it can't be Emily Watson because that sounds too similar to Emma Watson, who's from Harry Potter stuff but it can be i know exactly sam it's yeah. exactly and harry potter had its own chamber of secrets <laughs> good night <laughs> <laughs> that'll do pig that'll do that'll do that's a film that doesn't need to be remade <laughs> did I tell you that I, 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 pig in the I saw that at the cinema and I walked in there with my family I was quite embarrassed I didn't want anyone to know I was going to see it because I thought this is a kids film what, Babe or Babe Pig in the City Babe not Babe Pig okay. in the City because I think that went straight to video I think but I went to the first one and then I, I saw a bloke, a bloke I saw a kid who was in my class at school and we kind of looked at each other and there was this kind of silent nod of agreement that we wouldn't tell anyone <laughs> and I remember I think the next day he was like yeah I went saw was at cinema, I saw Independence Day yeah <laughs> It's a twelve. It's <laughs> a twelve. Yeah, and 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 so it was, it was just one of those wonderful that. moments. Yeah. The staying in podcast was brought to you by me, Sam Turner, Chris Darby, Peter Willington, and Daniel Frost. If you want to join us and help us raise money for charity, then you can be part of our team by searching hashtag Staying In Pod on the Charity Miles app, which is available on both Android and iOS. If you want to ask us a question, you can easily do so. Reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, staying in pod for both of those and staying in pod at gmail.com for an email. All that information is available online at stayinginpodcast.com. And don't forget the best thing that you can do in between podcasts is not only enjoy the show, but tell a friend about it too. But thanks very much for listening. And until next time, bye bye.